I was reading an article from the World Economic Forum and there was a data that actually surprised me, which is by 2030, 1 billion people will need to reskill to address the issues of globalization, technical advancement, and the fourth industrial revolution. Out of all the skills that are mentioned, one is really dear to me, which is creativity. And I have a question, can actually creativity change the world? So today I'm going to have this wonderful discussion on how creativity can be a real driver for social change. My name is Gianluca Cinque Palmi and you are listening to GLC Live, my podcast dedicated to business design. I'm an educator, design entrepreneur and best-selling author. This show is dedicated to designers, directors and entrepreneurs that, like me, want to inspire, challenge and disrupt the business and design industry. In this episode, Creativity for Social Change with Adama Sane. Ciao, Adama. Ciao, Gianluca. Pleasure to be here. Wow, it's so amazing to have you. Actually, it was <laughs> we were laughing about this a uh, few weeks ago, and we realized that you might actually be one of the oldest friends that I have, not in terms of age, but the, the person that I'm still in contact after more than 30 years. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Every time I think about it, it's, it's quite remarkable, especially because we were together we were, we were kids and then everybody went in its own <laughs> and and somehow the fact that you know that's passions kind of brought us here again it's it's quite it's quite unique yes it is so life brought us together again <laughs> luckily for us so yes. adama can you tell us a little bit who you are and what's your role today and um the wonderful work you're doing with the moleskin foundation yeah sure um well, my name is Adama. I'm, um, I'm originally from Milan. Um, I am a co-founder and the current CEO of the Moleskine Foundation. Moleskine Foundation was born in 2017. We created this, since you used the like before the introduction, used the word disruptive. I hope we created a disruptive model uh, with the Moleskine company because we created a, an independent entity from the, from the company. Uh, because I believe that the company and the brand understood the importance of creating a real or, or enabling a real group of people who go out there and leverage the value of the brand to foster social change mm -hmm. without any strange marketing-oriented mechanisms. But the idea is that probably the best marketing possible is mm -hmm. to actually create change and change lives. Absolutely. So, so I was lucky enough to have uh, partners and, uh, and especially I have to say, I have to give a shout out to the, to the new property of Moleskin, that is the company Dieteren, who really understood uh, the value of this, uh, of this collaboration. So since 2017, as I said, we created the Moleskin Foundation and we pursue a mission of creativity for social change. Uh, practically what we try to do, we try to encourage connect and inspire young people with a specific focus on underserved communities to transform themselves and their community via creativity, through creativity and culture. Practically, we talk about skills. We're talking about right. how can we unlock creative skills in young people. 
What are creative skills? Critical thinking, creative doing, lifelong learning, developing a change-making approach. And it's quite interesting. You mentioned it, Gianluca, the, the forum, the World Economic Forum, we talk about it. They're quite strong in this idea of 21st century skills. UNESCO is talking about it, the UN in general, many agencies now. It's, it's more and more obvious. Even the uh, SDG number four on education now is about quality. And, and it's about really skilling young people um, you know, with what they're called non-cognitive skills. Now, the importance of these skills now is quite well known. And if we want to be very straightforward, if you're part of a 1% uh, you know, of society, the top 1% of society, you can figure out ways to get those skills. Uh, it is more and more interesting to see that uh, uh, you know, any of the son and daughter of any millionaire or billionaires in Silicon Valley, uh, tr trust me, none of them go to coding school. Everybody <laughs> art school, to Montessori school, to Steiner school, to anything that allow them to develop those skills. The problem is that most of those, of those approaches are still uh, available for the few. And so as Moleskine Foundation, we kind of see this gap and we try to create high quality, unconventional experiences, educational experiences to bring these type of opportunities to young people from underserved communities that otherwise would not be able to access the same type of experience. Awesome. And within this experience, our goal is that they are able to, to, to develop those skills and they will figure out ways to foster change in their communities and beyond. Anama, this is super interesting because it's the same... Um... Is the same conversation I had also in um, in other uh, on other tables. I would say I was serving uh, back in Hong Kong in a, in an NGO that was called the Kids for Kids, where I was training kids to train other kids always on on creativity, on uh, on critical thinking, and um, it's very counterintuitive because sometimes when we talk about um, underserved communities, there must be, or, or better, there is there is a common misconception that you know creativity is something uh, not essential. That maybe they you need to teach them math, maybe you need to teach them uh, chemistry, maybe you need to teach them finance. Why you believe that actually creativity is even more impactful than than hardcore skills like uh, you know finance math or mm. you know the, the stem engineering yeah well it's an interesting question i think it can be answered in so many different ways um so the first thing is that creativity is a skill is a Absolutely. muscle that need to be that need to be um you know exercise in order to be active so in a way, there isn't contradiction between developing creative skills and learning math, you know, or finance or anything like that. Uh, it actually goes hand in hand. Um, actually, it, I think it's always quite important to realize the connection, uh, um, you know, between knowledge and creativity. Without Absolutely. knowledge, there's no creativity. No? So, so I think that's the starting point of it. Um, well, one of the things that I think is also important to recognize is that we move past the model of the knowledge society. 
we're not anymore a knowledge society, knowledge-based society. Now, what, what I believe, what we believe, we are a creative society. What does that mean? It means that until not long ago, whatever you were learning today, it would have been useful tomorrow in terms of the knowledge, the hard knowledge you would get. You would learn today, or let's say, even me and you that are not even that old, we all are not that old, uh, <laughs> you know, probably in our very first job, we used stuff that we learned in, a, in our undergraduate or, or like in our, in our master. Um, and we applied, you know, the first maybe couple of years in our job. Now we know that whatever we have learned in terms of knowledge yesterday is outdated tomorrow. True. There is something that I love, uh, you know, to, to share at times in presentation is, I'm sure you're very familiar with that, is the curve of uh, disruptive technology in the past thousand years. And, and it's quite interesting because for the first 2,850 years, it's basically flat. You know, you got the wheel. <laughs> Absolutely. You got Gutenberg and you got like 300 years. You know, it's a very flat. And then suddenly, you know, after the industrial revolution, you basically have a straight up, uh, you know, uh, curve. And that really tells that whatever, you know, knowledge is not enough because the disruptiveness of the technology is so deep that it's changing even our biology nowadays. Sure. That the type of skills that we need to develop are completely different. That it was that it was once. So, so within this space, the kind of umbrella skill that that I like to say, you know, that is that is creativity. It really underpinning um, the you know the most important feature that that I believe that the young change maker, professional, or simply citizen. You don't have to be now extraordinary, you know, to to master <laughs> creativity. Now you need to do do the most basic thing to process information, you know, to, to be, uh, to, to, to increase the level of self-awareness, et cetera, et cetera. Creativity stay, creativity stay at the center. If I may add just one thing on that, I have the luck to have um, an incredible president in the foundation. Her name is Maria Sabregondi and is the, the, the person behind the creation of the Molskin brand. And, and, and I'm, and I believe that I'm very lucky about it, you know, because, She's not only one of the most iconic uh, uh, CMOs uh, uh, in recent history, creating one of the most iconic brand, a unique yes. brand in the world, but um, she's not, you know, she was, her, her background is not of a manager. You know, her, she's a poet. Oh, wow. <laughs> the boy, she's a poet. She's an incredible poet. You know, she's part of your playbook and one of the top, you know, literary group in Italy. You know, she's, she's incredible. And, and when we were talking about creativity, um, she was pointing out at the origin of creativity, at the, mm -hmm. at the etymology of creativity. Yes. And the, you know, it's, it is unclear. It's not super sure about it. But, but the, the research says that creativity comes from Sanskrit kar. And kar means to do. Absolutely. It's something very concrete. And this Absolutely. is important because, as you say, sometimes, you know, creativity feels something a little bit frivolous, a, a little bit you even had it or don't have it. It's about because you're wearing like a, a, a colorful jacket and then it makes you a creative and anything like that, you know. Um, but that's, that's, that's really not the case. Creativity means to ignite and 
um, and concretize real process of transformation. Mm. That is that is the idea. So it's something very practical. Absolutely. And I just give you the last thing because I know that you would you would like it. Uh, in in my little research around the origin of creativity, um, there are some theory that, for example, connect the word creativity and the origin of creativity with uh, um, uh, with a certain type of intelligence for the ancient Greeks. And a certain type of intelligence, there were two types of intelligence. One was the logos, you know, that is the highest one, the one that we know, the one of the ideas, you know, is the pure ideas one, you know, it's the kind of the highest. And then there was the other one was called metis. And metis was the concrete knowledge, the concrete information is 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 basically and that's the part that i know you would love is when you think about ulysses ulysses to figure out a way to survive every time it was using metis it was using that type of that type of intelligence and that type of intelligence is connected to creativity absolutely so it's about finding solutions it's absolutely. about so so anyway just just i'm sharing just to say that it, if we get really, if we really understand the true meaning of what creativity is, then I think it is pretty straightforward to understand why now it's the key skill to really look at in order to enforce concrete transformation in yourself Absolutely. and in the society. Absolutely. Yeah, I always say that um, one of the hardest questions I had to, to answer uh, from uh, a 12th grader, I actually wrote a note on this, was, uh, um, as I was lecturing, they, they asked me, Professor, what is a creative idea? What is a creative thinking? And I, and I stopped, right? I, I had to give... I have to give it a thought because in art school, you take for granted the explanation of this. And then you say it's the ability to, to uh, connecting knowledge in unique, unexpected ways. And this is, this is so interesting to me that you have a definition that aligns perfectly with, with what I believe. Um, and, and another part that um, I wanted to, to discuss with you is, um, you know, my mission is to foster the new leadership, a new kind of leadership. Um, and by leadership, I mean people that take charge and that take responsibilities to make change happen. No? And, um, and the mentality for growth, no? a mindset for growth, um, dives deep into creativity. And most of the time, I'm sorry to say that in the current status of, of things, when I engage with managers or CEOs, it's, it's really hard to, to explain how their teams and, and their leadership especially needs to, to shift and needs to become more creative. And, um, <laughs> and this is funny that what you mentioned before, because most of the time they say, you know, I am a CFO, I cannot be creative. And it's not true. It's a practice. It's a practice of nonlinear thinking or lateral thinking. The, I always say that uh, I get really angry when people say, oh, you are a creative. And I say, I'm not a creative. I might do creative things. The creativity is something that I do or I don't do. I'm not creative all the time. You, you don't get creative going to the bathroom, right? <laughs> you get creative if you want to solve problem. So 
also this myth i'm so happy that you mentioned it because this myth of the the, the creative person uh, it, it doesn't really exist either you do creative work or you don't do creative work now the flip side of the medal is that creative work it's harder it's it, it takes more effort and this is why a lot of people don't think about that because solving problems in a creative way it's much more taxing in terms of energy than oh you know adam has solved this problem this way i just do it uh, the same way and unfortunately i see in in the modern society that we are still stuck in these models where we tend to to follow the path and to to follow others because that's the way that first of all we learn but uh, now this kind of attitude before was acceptable because the let's say the environment was quite stable but now that the environment is very unstable <laughs> because the the current state of the world is is moving toward uh, an instability now we say with that we are moving closer and closer to what we say is a vuca world now volatile and uncertain etc um we do need to to rethink the way that we approach these problems so uh, if, if we can give a a guideline or or uh, you've been working a lot also in in extreme conditions i would say right where where really uh creativity was the only um way to survive so you gotta need to be creative to survive in in extreme conditions um what do you think about that can you can can we find a way to you know not not prove our point but to give a message that say hey guys it's, it's time to wake up we actually need no matter what industry you're in no matter in what uh context you are living these skills they must be introduced in 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 the curriculum of of uh schools in the um in the programs to 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 train or reskill managers and reskill leadership yeah. what do you think so i think th there is something that i think it's it could be useful at least it's useful for me that that it was reframing the way creativity is conceived from a managerial standpoint um and and one of the things to look at it to me is to say that creativity is not something that is outside you. It is not something that, you know, you kind of, it's not knowledge that you go and you, because there is, there is, a, there is a risk there, you know, mm -hmm. the moment that you, you know, the moment that you um, learn creativity through a specific curriculum, you know, mm -hmm. um, I think there could be some useful skills, tips in certain cases, but, but then that the, we need to be always very careful to understand that if that becomes then the model and then you keep, you, you stay within the model, then it becomes a problem. So, sure. so I think I like to look at creativity um, for human beings more as something that has to be liberated, you know, okay. to be learned. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> unlock, <laughs> we say unlock, unleash, unlock creativity. That's the idea of unlocking. So the idea is to, is to say that 
it is within us. It is part of the skills or, or it's part of the ways our brain can function, you know? And, uh, and the truth is that for very specific historical reasons, that was completely stopped and closed by any form of uh, uh, formal education in the past 100 years, but simply because there were different needs. You know, Absolutely. You know, we were thinking about it sort of, uh, you know, extract, I would look at, I, like, I look at it as an extractive type of education in the sense that I need to produce uh, consumer and producer. I need to produce people who are able to do certain, you know, fat, you know certain things that, that, that I need in order to, for society to move on. And that is fine. You know, it was, it was what it was without, it doesn't have to be, you know, to invoke any conspiracy theory around, you know, it was just that, and it, it, to be honest, it was a model that to a certain extent it worked because again, the, the, the amount of time in which that knowledge you were learning was still relevant was long enough and it would give enough perks in life in order you know, to be to be somehow successful and leave to a certain extent. Obviously, that it depends. Like you know, a sort of a sort of um, good life. Uh, yeah. Sorry, to making the point here. What you were, what you are saying is, uh, at at one point we needed the the. I would say the manufacturing power. Now we are talking about how the industrial revolution kind of indoctrinized people to comply. Now you need to be compliant because compliance is what gets the the products out of the door. And and like you were saying, we don't have to uh, now in, in nowadays there is this sensationalism like everybody is like ah oh, uh, capitalism is really bad and this is really bad no it actually uh, it solved a function so it brought us here i wrote in a note that every single industry at one point was designed to elevate the human condition the problems arise when this industry stop doing that no the coal industry uh, i wrote this in into a note right uh, the coal industry started because you didn't want to freeze in in the winter mm -hmm. and it's good now of course now they're doing more damage than good but at the time there was a use to that so uh, also this idea of uh, that you were talking about is very important to stress that we don't have to shame that okay, that's good, it brought us here, but now we do need to evolve and, and to change. I mean, I, I just take it, I think beyond good or bad, I just take it as a fact. It, it was what it was. But so, so all this to say that creativity to me should be reframed as something to liberate more. Mm. Creativity, you know, it's, it's a skill, yes, but it's something that is within you and it's something that needs to be unlocked through a method, through process through an attitude i can even say that you know being a creative is more like um you know it's it's a skill that is informed by an attitude. is the way you look at the world and mm. and 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 i know that when we go into we delve into that it really feels like a little bit you know exoteric it really feels like <laughs> new age and things like that but no but it, it is it, it is it is the opposite because again we need to remember that creativity is about creating concrete transformation you know, Absolutely. you look at one of probably the most creative 
minds of our world is Albert Einstein, you know, and it doesn't have to necessarily be Jean-Michel Basquiat, you know, like Albert Einstein was an incredibly creative mind. And and so I, I think that the first thing that we need to do is to recognize the way that the education system is still set up. And the way the education system is set up is that it still is completely outdated. This is not a news. We know that there is a technological clock that goes at the speed and there is the cultural institutional clock that goes at another speed. Absolutely. And now this is, we're getting to the moment in which this, is, this, this distance is unbearable, all right? And so we need, to, we need to give this strong push for a change of the educational system. On the other hand, I think we need language. We need language to articulate the idea of uh, creativity. I, I would say also starting from leadership. Uh, I recently wrote a couple of articles, one with a dear good friend of mine, um, Luando Caso from South Africa. And uh, it was about reframing uh, creative leadership. And, uh, and we like to, we, we started by, by thinking about what are the main elements. And, you know, it was a short article. We, we, we took three. And the first one is self-awareness. You need to be able to start a process of self-awareness. You need to be able to understand who you are and especially what is your positionality in the world. The reason that why it is important to understand what is your positionality in the world um, that positionality is a, is, a, is, a, is a word that we borrow from, from uh, social studies and especially uh, critical race theory. Positionality means me as a, in this case, as a heterosexual man, bourgeois, black, Italian, what do I see, what I don't, you know? Mm-hmm. And to have this self-awareness is extremely important because then I started realizing that there are certain things that I just don't see, that I just don't know, and that that force you, you know, to to go out and 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 be much more humble in certain decisions. But it's also important in order to start a process of self-awareness, to understand and deconstruct who you are and your processes, and through that you can enforce some some novelty in your job. So self-awareness is the first one. The second one um, that, uh, uh, that 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 we, we we chose is this idea of, of Ubuntu. And this is, a, this is something that I'm very, you know, it's, Ubuntu is a word that, uh, that, it was, that became very famous in the, in the late 90s um, and, and early 2000s. And because of the fight against apartheid in South Africa, uh, and it became, you know, notable because Desmond Tutu and Nelson Mandela, they were using it to, to express the concept. And Ubuntu is a, is a Zulu and Kaza word that means I am because you are. You know, I am because, you know, so, so Ubuntu force you to look at yourself as part of an ecosystem. Mm. And this means that they say like, what is the, what's, what's, what's the connection with creativity? Well, it is extremely important because that allow you to have a much broader view about your level of influence, responsibility, and interconnectedness with, with anybody else. So it is not anymore about inclusivity or I got to have more women or I got to get more minorities or I have to do this or no, it's about realizing that you're not 
at the top or at the center of anything. You're, you're part of something bigger and your responsibility yeah. towards the ecosystem. And again, that, that force you, that increase the spectrum of your responsibility. And by increasing the spectrum of your responsibility, then it enforces the idea of creativity because there is lack of language because you need to think more. Now, mm. the manager, the, 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 the average CEO, you know, the average CEO in the 80s need to think about one thing, profit for the shareholder. That's it. That's the only thing that you had to think about. Now you have to think about it. The profit for a shareholder, the sustainability organization, the ESG situation, am I destroying the world or not? Uh, I have to think about uh, inclusiveness, uh, you know, and the way this consider and enforcing plurality. I need to change the culture of the thing. I have the customer, generation Z customer, if they don't see that, uh, that I'm not authentic in my in my purpose, they're going to punish me, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so then that you need to be, you know, you need to be aware of that and start increasing language of that. Then obviously there is something that is important that is uh, is very famous. We, we we talk about it, I think. <laughs> you also mentioned it, you know, this idea of first principle thinking. And, Absolutely. And it's, and it's interesting and there's more around it, but... Now, obviously, it became notorious because of because of Elon Musk. But but beyond Elon Musk, the point is that you need to basically question the assumptions. Yes. You know, you just you question the assumption, you deconstruct, you question the assumption, and you restart from that. You know, without being Elon Musk, you know, again, my my board that they bring the creative Moleskine, when Moleskine started, in you know, as simple as that, yeah. it didn't exist stationary that it was branded. But I'm branded. There was there was there was nothing. So sure. the questioning it was about okay, can I disrupt that model? Can I? Okay. What is what is the underpinning ideas behind that those barriers? But then the last one that I would like to mention. There are a few. We, we talk about also love. We're talking about. But there is one that I want to mention that to me is extremely important. And again, it would sound a little bit new age, but I hope. That the people who's listening, they will they will get it, and it's about courage. Wow, it's courage! You know, so profound. You know? <laughs> it's simple but profound. You know, like there is Dr. Maya Angelou, great writer from from United States. Um, she said that courage is the mother of all skills, because without courage, you cannot enforce all those other skills, values, and qualities in a consistent way. Sure. Because we are all able to have a moment of heroism or a moment of creativity or a moment of innovation. True. You know, a moment that's, we, we all, I'm, I'm sure that anybody who's, who's listening, I know you for yourself, I know for myself, we had our moments. A different thing is to be able to implement this consistently. consistently. <laughs> and to do this, you need to have courage. Absolutely. Yeah, this is, this is uh, so beautiful to, to have this conversation with you because, you know, we always say, we, we call each other brothers, but we are truly brothers, maybe on, uh, on a psychological level too, beside that we almost spend our life together. Um, I, I think is uh, it's so good to, First of all, 
I'm, I'm so proud of being your friend and you are being in a leadership position, in a CEO position, having this kind of views, uh, gives me hope. Now it gives me hope for, for a new generation of leaders that, that, that I care for so much for. And, and this is the kind of work that we did together as well, right? That, that we were, um, even, even if we were actively working on this, this is something you have to work on. It's not something that, okay, I read an article and I know, and I talk about, this is something that you need to implement day to day. And because it's not, I would say, um, uh, allow me to, to think about this, um, it's counterintuitive. No, operating in a, in a creative way is counterintuitive. Being courageous is counterintuitive. If everybody's going left and going right, why am I doing that? No. Paradoxically, just to say, sometimes I realize that it's, it's that, but in terms of liberation, is also about being courageous when everybody, if you're the person that always go left when everybody right, is to go right when it's the right moment. Right. Right. To go right, absolutely, absolutely. I was recently listened to, um, I was reading an article and it was, and it was saying that, you know, it was a definition of, of wisdom, you mm. know, and, uh, and wisdom was defined as the capacity to find solution beyond the current framework. Beautiful. We have to write this down. And, and, and I thought, and I thought that was brilliant. Um, any frame, your personal, societal, you know, it's about to move out from, from whatever that is, whatever the image of yourself is, or whatever the, the societal framework, the company framework, whatever it is, wisdom is that idea of being able to move out of it, find the solution, get the direction, do the implement the thing that, that, that is right to do. And then eventually you can go back. But wisdom is that element that allows you to get out. Of, of that of that framework or that language yeah yeah i i mean i i think uh, another important point if i can add on 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 your points and maybe i can share a little bit my experience in working in in different environment the the design environment the corporate environment the educational environment um is I get I get this question a lot, and I, I I work a lot with leaders, and because they want to empower their teams, and when they say, you know, my team is not really creative, you know, my my team is not doing the things that it's, it's supposed to do, uh, and in the past year I heard this a lot because the condition changed. And, and, you know, the, the business as usual is not as usual anymore. Um, and, and what I advise them to, to think about is, is the environment. Like, are you creating an environment for people to become creative, which is essential. Uh, and by environment, I don't mean that we all need to have, you know, uh, chairs with wheels and, 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 and stuff like that, which, or, or, you know sticky notes and whiteboard, that would be great, but it's, it's even more subtle than that is do you actually have an environment where you, you prize ideas, where you prize, um, that you, you have a system where you can collect ideas, you can evaluate ideas, you can test ideas from wherever they come. 
from the top, from the bottom, from the left, from the right, from your customers? Um, do you have the data that, that are you collecting the right data? Are you fostering a, a conversation that sometimes is not that easy? Because it, it, I, I think this is an essential point that um, when I collaborate with, with organization, I need to, um, to remind them of this, of, of how important is the environment that you are creating. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's fundamental. And, and I have two things I want to share here. One side, you know, what you said is exactly the, the pillars on which we build the Moleskine Foundation and, and the mission of the Moleskine Foundation. Because the first pillar is this idea of unlocking creative skills of youth from underserved communities. The second pillar is support spaces where criticality and imagination can occur. Mm-hmm. And the third one is about building awareness around the idea of creativity for social change. But it's just to emphasize that even in our impact model or in our theory of change, the element of the spaces where this could happen is so important because we need to remember every time creativity is not something that is linear. You need to create an environment where this, at some point, that will bubble up, that comes up. And so on, on that, I think that, that this is, it is also important to, to again, not connecting that, those environments always with a, um, a clear output. We have this idea of, of measurement <laughs> that is extremely important. I know we and you, we, you know, we chat about this. <laughs> Certainly everything can be measured, you know, even the unmeasurable, you know, I, and there are certain things that, and, and I don't disagree with that. But I think that it's also important to reconsider the importance of the cultural process of the, you know, of just, you know, being exposed to knowledge, to experiences. You know, there is that element that is so fundamental. The, the fact that Maria Sebregondi did not come out from a marketing school, but she was a poet, it's so important. The fact that, I mean, I, I, I hate to, not I hate to, to, to mention it, but, you know, in every, in every top leader from Warren Buffett to, to Bill Gates to Oprah Winfrey to the, the typical thing that they tell you and then they try to transform it is the fact that they do this deliberate learning moments in their, in their day as a routine. They will start learning about stuff that has nothing to do with what they do about or, or whatever the output is of the day, you know. And, and this is what really, I think, separates you. Um, something that I found that I found interesting, and I'm sharing with you because I recently, uh, I was recently, uh, I think it was a, a conference that I heard online. And, and it, it was about neuroscience. And mm-hmm. it basically was saying that our mind, you know, is not able to connect two elements that are far apart from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you, in order to, 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 to imagine your, our brain to, to do certain things, um, there has to be things that are close to each other, that are consequential to a, to a certain extent. Sure. And that to me was super interesting because he was saying, you know, the, the neuroscientists in question, he was saying this idea of creativity of people that out of the blue, that can just think about something that has nothing to do with each other, you know, it's a myth. 
That doesn't happen in a neuroscientific setting. Sure. What happened is those two elements that for you and for me are super far from each other, in their brain is next to each other. <laughs> All right? So now the question is, how can we create and mold our head to basically start bringing elements that are normally very far from each other than the canon or like the stat or the or the status quo or the framework make them very far from each other, we make them close. And that to me is the cultural process. That to me is the importance of conversation. That to me is the importance of deliberate knowledge uh, acquisition because it brings together things that and normally they don't stay to they stay close. And our brain function in this way. Absolutely. Unless you do that, unless you do that, then it will not, it will simply not happen. True. You know? So, so I so just this to underline how important it is, you know, this idea of the spaces, this idea of of having spaces where criticality and imagination can occur. And the, to underpin that idea, it's the idea of knowledge acquisition, knowledge experience, uh, simply just being in life, you know, and having conversation and, and, and you know, and being able to develop critical thinking more. This is so interesting. I just had in, in the previous episode, I was, um, I had the pleasure of interviewing um, a manager from Amplitude, which is a data optimization platform. And one of the things that it, it's very interesting because everybody I'm talking to seems to lead in the same direction, which is sharing the information. Now, there is this, um, there is this myth that if you are a leader, you need, I mean, it's not a myth, it's, it's just the way that it is. Uh, most of leadership feels that uh, information is power and therefore they they retain the the power the information they 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 hold on to it and they don't release it to to their uh, to the whole organization and this is one of the greatest mistakes that I see in in leadership today because now information must be distributed everyone needs to have access to sensitive data exactly for the, the the reason that you were mentioning now which is if you allow people that maybe think in 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 a very different uh totally unconventional way from your point of view and you feed them this kind of information and you allow this piece of information to become closer maybe they would come out with with a solution with an idea with a uh, with a new uh, solution to the problem, right? Absolutely, absolutely. This is this is so important. I was trying to. Uh, I was. I took out. This is not like uh, only like a publicità culta. You say Italian. I'm not trying to make any proper uh, good. <laughs> but I was just <laughs> looking for something because I was. I was. Uh, you know, you were talking about data, and uh, and I recently did a talk um, and, uh, and I was, you know, and I managed to, to go back to, to a beautiful, beautiful um, uh, uh, lecture of Toni Morrison that gave in 1991 in Chicago University. And, uh, and there was something that she talks about when she talks about data 
um, that that I thought it was so so important because it connects a little bit the conversation that we had, you know, and um, and it's basically because now the idea is that again, I strongly believe that we move from the information society to the knowledge society to the creativity society. Mm. You know, before it was all about access information. Wow. Then access information was becoming much easier. Then it was about how you transform information into knowledge. Mm. But then now the question is, how do you, are you able to transform that knowledge into creative expression and actions that are able and are connected to the everyday and that are able to connect with the future with something that hasn't happened yet you know? of course and so so we are in this phase so we are i believe that we are in the creativity society in the, in this lecture though um and i think this is important it's uh, you know tony morrison was talking about the importance of the liberal arts in education <laughs> and the, the transform yeah. the transformative power of education and, and at some point, she said, first, it's about data. Data are important, but we need to understand what data are, who choose those data, who choose what data, what data is important, you know, et cetera. So, but data, you know, can be interpreted. And in order when data can be interpreted, data needs to become knowledge, inform knowledge, knowledge creation. But then from knowledge, um, in order to, you know, from knowledge itself, then it's a building block and we need to move to wisdom. And wisdom, Absolutely. as we were saying before, and, and wisdom is not merely what works and what doesn't, or what can be measured or can't be measured. Whatever wisdom is, it will always be a constant search. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, th this is, uh, I swear God, we didn't prepare this. <laughs> and, um, and this is why, you know, I, I, I'm gonna say it publicly now. Um, I in the past year and a half, I, I was thinking how I were I was going to, to shift my transition from educator and uh, consultant, call it advisor or whatever. And I, f I, I spend a significant amount of time in trying to understand what was the real value that I brought in education that I brought in, in companies. And, and I figured this out, um, that the most important thing that I can, um, help people to do is to develop a growth mindset, which is this research that you say, because I can give you, um, you know, the fancy models, I can give you the templates, I can give you um, the technology, but if at the core, you don't have leadership and teams that have done a switch in their mindset saying, whatever is business as usual is not going to work. Our search is for growth, personal growth, corporate growth, and growth not in the 
uh, I, I get criticized sometimes when I when I talk about growth. Uh, but real growth is because there is a misconception that growth equals revenues. I mean, revenues is a consequence. It's a consequence that you are doing something right and you are providing value to somebody. No, the revenues comes from that. But growth is different, is your ability to transform yourself, to bring a new status of um, knowledge, a new status of being in, in, in your organization. So an organization that grows means that has achieved a certain status and then is overcoming the status, is not sitting on the laurels and is moving on, which means it's growing in terms of people, like the people that are inside of the organization, they are better off than what when they started in the organization. This should be the ultimate goal. And I know this is absolutely counterintuitive for many traditional organizations because they feel that when you empower people, they, you know, oh, then, then they walk away, they go in another place. Yes and no. Yes and no, because they they go in another place when they stop learning this is this is the the missing part that nobody say oh you know i take adama i teach him all that i know and then he leaves he leaves because the conditions are better somewhere else or because the person feels that can learn more in another environment but if you are in an environment that is constantly challenging this person to grow and grow and grow there is no reason to go i mean there are they might be personal reasons, they might be life reasons, because you're married and you have to move on, but that's a different story. Um, but, you know, a lot of people hide, uh, especially in, in, in the conventional in history, um, industry, behind this idea. And, and, and to me, it's, it's actually the opposite. It's, it's your ability to convey this wisdom, to convey this knowledge, and really looking at people and saying, am, are we growing the, the, are we grooming the people? Are, are we, uh, is our organization, but the, the answer is, is very simple. I, uh, I have it on my website. Is your organization growing as it should be? That's it. And, and if the answer is no, there are some reasons that we can analyze and talk about, but, um, but it's, it's, these are the, the essence of it. And, and I think it's, it's, you know, when, if we are afraid that somebody's going to leave us, like it's, um, you know, as you said, it's, it's the opposite of a, of a growth or an expansion mindset. It's, it's this idea that the most important thing is to preserve what I have, is to yeah. not make a mistake. Is to you know is all that while the the idea of 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 liberation from that standpoint is really to say no like you know and and also self confidence you know like it's it's this idea of of really making sure that your vision the space that you created you know it's so um, it's so unique it's so powerful that. It doesn't matter who goes, who, who who comes. Obviously, you need to have a core team and everything, but but the moment that you concentrate on the elements that underpin the potential leaving or not leaving on somebody, then it really things things are happening. And and it and again, and we go back to that idea of courage. Absolutely. Go back to the idea of courage. 
Yes. Adama, one last question because I know uh, we are tight on the time. So I, I always ask my, my guest, what is, before we wrap up and we, we, we try to summarize our wonderful conversation, uh, what's your golden rule? If you can share one golden rule from Adama to the world. <laughs> It's a great question because I never really thought about it. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm always a little bit scared of, uh, of giving myself, you know, things because I always feel that they become assumption in my head. But, uh, <laughs> but the only thing, you know, the only thing that, that comes to mind is something that I learned by one of my older brother's mentor, a friend, um, Simon Jami, and it's, it's basically always be in support of somebody who share your mission. And, and, and I'm saying about Simon because it's been 30 years. He's one, he's one of the most important curators In, in recent history, our creator, he's single-handedly with few other people uh, create a movement of contemporary African art and do like all the big work in, in putting um, African artists uh, in important institutions around the world and, and supporting the continent, the development of the arts in the continent uh, of Africa in many different ways. Mm. And And not only in the big accolade things with the big things, the big budget, it's a constant, silent, and completely, you know, overlooked work of relationship with people, with, uh, with younger people, with projects, with, you know, with, it's, it's a constant thing by creating human relationships. And, and probably this is something that one of the elements I admire more of him and that somehow I take with me for the little that I can do. Yeah. And, and I like to say that I do that not, also not because of, um, you know, not because of any type of uh, charity or like uh, whatever, you know, elements of solidarity or anything like that is because it's because we go back to this idea of Ubuntu because it's about that of, of you know I am a person I am a human being just because you are and my and to me it's so important to always keep this in mind and so generally speaking uh it is very rare that um I will just not be available for for an exchange, especially if somebody younger, especially if somebody coming up, ultimately because I believe that it's, it informs who I am and it ultimately generates the right ecosystem True. around you. And, and, so, and so I don't know if this is a golden rule. I, <laughs> it is. You know, this is, this is something that is, that is more something that I learned by my older brothers and sisters And, and, and I just think that it is so important to be able to create for what you can, not only a strong community around you, mm -hmm. 
but a strong communion around you. And the idea of communion is really to say that community, there's, there's always like some form of, you know, uh, external, uh, you know, element that should bring us together. Communion is that, no, we're there, we're here together because everybody's contributing to a vision in his own way. And, and so that's, you know, the capacity of creating this um, and, the, and, every, and all the little things that you need to do on an everyday basis, talking with people and interacting with people, uh, it always connects to this idea of creating a communion uh, of, of, uh, of people around you. So, so that's, I guess, is, is my golden rule. Amazing. Fantastic. So wrapping it up in, in three key points, our one hour conversation, which is amazing, we can say maybe number one is creativity is a skill, is a, is a fundamental skill that we must um, feed and we must um, learn to, uh, to convey. Number two, I cannot say that one, beside all the things, courage still is the, the ultimate skill. And then number three, I, I would say that your definition of Ubuntu actually is, is, uh, is fundamental and uh, is, uh, it's really profound. I, I think I will re-listen to our conversation and, and, you know, take away a lot of things. And I believe a lot of people in the community, um, I'm so proud to call you a friend. Um, I, I think, and I'm not seeing this because I want to, you know, just because we are friends, but, uh, I, I really admire the work that you are doing and you should be a model. You are a model, uh, uh, of new leadership. So we need more people like you. Um, and, and I just want to thank you for this wonderful conversation. <laughs> thank you. It's really been a pleasure. I really appreciate all your kind words. <laughs> Uh, it's a process. It's a working process. We are it's a working process. And uh, yeah, really, really thank you for this yeah. wonderful exchange. And uh, maybe we can share uh, some of the article and some of the information that you shared with me. All the information will be shared on uh, on the show notes at glc.live. I want to thank Adama so much for being here uh, with us today. I'm Gianluca Cinque Palmi. This is GLC Live. If you enjoy this podcast and videocast, please subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. For references and links, please visit glc.live.